man. I don't know. Yeah. How, how many guns is too many guns for one video store? I mean, I like to have one on me, mm-hmm. right? I think we should have one at least and like on each shelf, right? Yeah. Well, there's like eight right under the checkout desk. Right. Well, before we only had one per genre. Yeah. You know, and we would argue about that. Like, does action get a shotgun or a mm-hmm. Mac 10? Like, what does it get? You know, so it's yeah. kind of why we implemented just one per shelf. And then, you know, we could kind of ascend, you well, know, by firepower. But Well, I know Jerry's been taping a ton of them into the air vents. Yeah. Well, I, I mean... I, Ever since he quit going in the alley. I mean, that's how he gets around, so. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I, uh, my name's Trevor Hall. Uh, you guys got him? Oh, hey, Trevor. Yeah. That's huh. quite the lanyard you've got. Well, as you can see, I do have a clipboard in my hand, so that means that I am probably doing more important work than you two. I right. don't know about... Th- I was inventorying the firearms. That seems pretty important. Yeah. Well. Haven't found a serial number yet. I Plus, would suggest. I've watched enough movies to know that sometimes you can just walk in a place with a clipboard and pretend to be doing something. I would suggest not talking about firearms. That might be a violation. Violation of what? Yeah. Boys, I'm not here to write you up today. I'm here to recruit you. I spoke with Jerry. You spoke with you know Jerry? Jerry. <laughs> yes. Me and Jerry speak all the time. Oh, shit. God. We I, work for Jerry, and I haven't spoke to him in, what, weeks? When's Jerry. the last time you've seen Jerry? Jerry usually communicates with me through a series of pictures and hieroglyphs. Wow. I just, I, I told you he doesn't like me. Once I started getting direct deposit and I didn't have to have him sign my checks. So you're telling me that Le- Jerry hasn't been here in weeks? Wait. Days? No, he's, he's been here. You get direct deposit? Jerry pay, pays me in Jerry tokens. Oh, dude. Yeah, then he really is, likes you. He this, really likes you. This is worse than I thought it was. What? Guys, Elizabethtown is... In danger. We've had everybody walk out due to the protests. So I'm recruiting guys, the best guys, which, well, that's a, uh, we'll get into that later. Best to come over, doesn't matter, to come over and keep the store afloat over there. Huh. You're going to get paid $3 more an hour to come over and do it. Plus you'll get mileage. How far What's do you the guys traffic away? over there? What's the foot track over there? I'm, I'm kind of one, two customers a day. We're talking our third best store in the state. I'm kind of unsure on how Jerry tokens convert to dollars to begin with. Well, you sir need to review your contract, which yeah. wasn't a contract. So how about it? You boys gonna hop on down the road here, get some mileage, get a. Get a few extra dollars in your pockets to take your gals out. Well, is Kyle going to get three extra tokens or three extra dollars? Like, look, that's yeah, between that's between him and Jerry. Like, honestly, 
to be Has to you, be honest with you too, Jerry's been under investigation for the last you know month or so. Has Jerry approved this? Yeah, I spoke with Jerry. But I talked to Jerry all the time. Yeah, but Jerry has a very specific way of like, you know, confirming something, and I need you to kind of recreate that. All right, enough of this. Quick question: What is our next promo coming up this week, guys? What's the biggest release coming out? Has Jerry gave you this yet? And did you get the emails? What is it? Go, you with the mustache. Go. Uh, I found in the back room a discarded VHS of Big, so I'm going to promote that. This is a Tom Hanks film. That is the incorrect answer. Guy with the hair. Well, the the woman's restroom was filled up with a few bags of ice, so maybe the ice road? Ooh. Is that Jerry's way of telling us ice yep. road? Yep. I okay. like, Jerry likes to do the whole let's drop clues thing, yeah. But I just had yeah, a clue, seen, that guy. Yeah, he... It, it seems in Jerry's wheelhouse to make women crawl over something to urinate. Guys, I just checked it, and Don't inside that. inside the VHS box for Big is just another gun. So, yeah, yeah pretty much gonna, anything Tom Hanks is going to be a firearm. We're going to have to have some discussions about that as well after we get this whole Elizabeth Town Town taken care of. Elizabeth oh. Town Town. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how that really works. Townton. I thought it was Elizabeth Townton. You are correct. Ice Road, the Ice Road, is our next big promo. So at least he got that to you guys, I guess. You got to give the guy credit, man. He's a fucking psycho, but he keeps video stores alive. Mm -hmm. That's what we're about. Just making five-day rentals successful. On this week's episode of Two-Day Rentals, we're doing the ice road. Guys, we put together one hell of a squad here to traverse what I'm going to say is a movie that is honestly better than it should be. I think this movie was better than I thought it would be. Yeah. And by should be, I mean it could still have been a lot worse and I think people it would still be of good Netflix quality. This is the ultimate dad movie. I don't know why it wasn't released during Father's Day weekend. Yeah. For sure. But we fucking love big rig movies and God damn it, does this deliver? It is is Liam Neeson like the new dad action hero? I think so. Like is is he taking that I think he's mantle? I think he's getting himself into that like Nicolas Cage mindset of work where it's just like you call my phone and I'll do your movie. <laughs> I think he's surpassed Cage on how many films the dude's been in. I think they both have that mentality though. 
Like they'll yeah. they'll circle back around and do a good movie, but they'll just do whatever as well. And to their credit, they give their all. Mm-hmm. Like I do not feel like Liam Neeson is phoning it in at all in this. No, I think he. Yeah, I think he brought a real actor to this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, who's even close? I mean, I don't feel like Nicolas Cage is that is a dad action star or a dad movie star anymore because mm-hmm. he does a lot more weird things than Liam Neeson does. But I can't think of anybody top to, top of mind. I mean, Bruce Willis does a lot of those. You give me a million dollars, I'll sit there for a weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can put me on the poster. But Jason Statham, maybe, M- maybe I feel like maybe he, I feel like he's the type that a lot of American dudes are probably like. Ah, he seems like prissy or is like the, the 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 Rock is like your mom's action star. You know. <laughs> The Rock's kind of like Will Smith, though. Like, if it's it's the Rock, they're showing up to watch it. Like, yeah. So the the one note that I did take about Neeson in this is like he simultaneously looks frail throughout the movie. Like as he's getting older, he's getting more and more hunched, mm-hmm. but he st- still seems to s- look terrifying when he threatens that doctor. And he just pinches up that little paper cup, even though in my mind I know it's a paper cup, but he just, man, it's fucking terrifying. And I think, I think dads like that. I like when they, I think they like a guy who isn't super fucking ripped, but seems like a, you know, he uses his wits and his, his brawn when he needs to. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, still going to have I that old like man have strength. Yeah. Well, I feel like you either have to, uh, like, I feel like a dad action star should be, like, paunchier. Yeah. Like, Liam Neeson is still kind of, like, I mean, he's thin, but he's cut. I feel like a classic dad thing would be, like, Paul Kersey. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Kersey looks like a dad. (laughs) There's some lumberingness to Neeson, like, the size of his feet. You know, I think he moves sometimes like he's in pain, and I think dads associate with that. Yeah. When he got his back's all fucked up. Yeah. When he got out of his new Kenworth at the end, like it was like, I don't know if he's gonna make it back up in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I liked this a hell of a a hell of a lot more than I thought I would. Um. Doing some preliminary IMDb-ing and Wikipedia of it. It's directed by Johnston or Jonathan Hensley. If that's yeah. how you pronounce it. Um, I was fucking surprised at how much this guy has worked on. Uh, Die Hard 3, Armageddon, The Saint, un- uh, Uncredited for The Rock. So, like, holy shit, this guy's written or worked on a lot of movies that have been quite influential to me. So uh, I don't think the direction in this movie is anything amazing. This is Seems almost pretty standard. 
like I almost wish that they had given this a bigger budget than they did because I feel like if you just had like there's some weird kind of CGI stuff going on at the beginning like that truck throwing up mud and it's like well how much would it cost to do that practically like not very much money at all Yeah. Like it probably there's some good. Oh, it probably cost more to do it in CG than to just have a truck drive down a road with mud on it. Yeah, that's what I thought cuz how many scenes did we get of behind two trucks and they're just swerving back and forth like you couldn't have done that on a mm. muddy road. Right. Yeah. Well, if for a surprising amount of the movie that the backdrop of it is white, you know, I'm sure they had like a mile stretch that they were just shooting on and they would just roll and turn around and right. you can even you can even tell there's a lot of parts where you can see where the the truck has already driven through that ice. And you think like, "No, that's where you got to use CG is like cut out the tire tracks from where you yeah. You know, did the practice shot or you did the rehearsal. Yeah, there's one particular like particularly bad CG shot where I think it's after um Neeson pulls his brother out of the water and they lose their trailer and he makes like a big U-turn and it looks real bad. Mm-hmm. It's like an overhead shot. I thought that was the worst one of them. But then later on there's an actual practical sequence when the the bad guy is chasing him and bashing his truck into their trailer like that all looked great Mm -hmm. but i guess i noticed like the cg or the green screen because there would be like like as they're driving down the road or whatever like some of the truck stuff looks all right but then they'll cut to like an inside shot of the cab and they're like making a reaction and it just kind of lo- it looks like a dude reacting to a green screen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot with the brother. Yeah. Where he's like in the corner doing that yeah. same exact thing. Yeah. So to me it's like you couldn't just take everyone to North Dakota for a week and like actually film a like just sitting in the cab. You don't even have to be moving really, but yeah. It would have just looked better, I think, to have like an actual backdrop at some points. You could tell multiple times that the trucks weren't even on when they were, like, rolling, especially in the girl's truck. Like, you could just see one little red light just blinking on her dashboard. Like, isn't that supposed to be, like, illuminated? And I didn't believe for one second that that chick knew how to drive a fucking big rig. I'm not being a sexist. I, I bought her. Yeah, she's, I thought she she seemed alright. Yeah, yeah. I bought her more than I bought uh, the Morpheus. Fucking no! <laughs> I, if anything, I got a lot to say about Larry Fishburne in this. Um, uh, the insurance hitman, oh, the insurance guy. Did anybody else realize that that dude was just Wild E. Coyote? Well, that brings up, I wrote down in my notes, like, do they ever explain why these guys don't want this to work? 
Like, do they explain why they are trying to sabotage freeing these miners? They don't want it to get out that they were breaking protocol. With the methane alarms? Yeah. Yeah, but that seems even worse than killing 26 people. <laughs> I don't... Not to these fucking assholes. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I think I... I don't know. I guess I picked up on that, that they were, like, trying to just cover up the whole thing. But to me, yeah. it's like... I don't know. It still seems worse to just murder 26 people. Well, you'd think they'd want to save them to get the good fucking press. Yeah, exactly. You pull That's those miners, you pull the miners out after the tragedy, and then nobody hates your company anymore. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he oh. tells the, Lloyd Braun, uh, I forget the actor's name, Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. He tells the one guy, um, like, there's nothing in the emails to implicate us. Like, these guys will die. Like, it'll all, there'll be a fucking shitstorm. We'll weather it, and then we'll come out of this. So I think in their mind, like, whether they saved them, they lost them, they didn't care. But it was easier for them to just die than they could let the whole thing blow over. Which, that to me... I thought they sold that a little bit early on really well. Like, unfortunately, in the trailer, there's a part where that actor saying, like, we can't have this come back to us or, you know. Mm -hmm. They even say there's a part where Liam Neeson's like, they're trying to stop us, like, all that shit. Like, I wish you would have not had that in the trailer. I wish that stuff would have came out a little bit. Now, um, would you guys make this run for 200K, or would it have to be more? Uh, <clears throat> if I'm in their situation, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would, but I, I actually like, I like a setup where it is basically like you are risking life and limb for low stakes. I think that's more interesting than getting like, four hundred million dollars you know mm -hmm. that's why i think one of the i mean another truck movie but i think that's kind of what makes uh sorcerer like so interesting is that these guys are risking their lives for like ten thousand dollars yeah <laughs> like a but in the just in a the scheme of ticket. those guys yeah in the scheme of those guys life that was that'd be life-changing yeah but i think you know I think that is a more compelling, if you attach like Army of the Dead, where it's like, we'll get, I don't even know what it, like a kajillion dollars. It's like, yeah. well. A million and quarters. Yeah. It's just like the number is so big that it's like, well, anybody would go to any extreme to get that amount of money. But I think yeah. making it a very small, like if all of them live, they'll each get 50 grand. It is more interesting to me than we'll get, you know, $50 million a piece. Yeah. What do you guys think about the the setup of this movie, just in general? I mean, this is 2021. Has anybody at their office ever witnessed guys encircling a guy and making fun of him? Does that still happen? Uh, maybe in North Dakota. 
Yeah, maybe you on know, like maybe, a big rig group. Yeah, I think you know you're probably dealing. You're not dealing with intellectual people that often. I think, and that not not to be super prejudiced against truck drivers. I mean, it's it's part of my you piss bottle my freaks. dream. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think you you start smelling your own shit long enough. And holding your pee in long enough probably fucks with your head. But that I didn't like. I, I did think that there could have been a little bit more subtlety in that whole thing. But Well, I was going to say I also wish... One part of me wishes this was a hard R and you could have just seen Liam Neeson like slam that thermos into that guy's head over and over. Yeah. I did like that move, though where you think he's going to hit him with the the thermos and then he just jabs him with the left. Like, mm-hmm. I would have liked the hard R because I wanted to see a little bit more gore whenever they ran over a body. Right. You know, or um, there's no way that these people are not dropping F-bombs and goddammits. Mm-hmm. Like, truck drivers are fucking dirty, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Setup wise, I like the idea of the the corporate aspect of it is whatever. But I like the there's a timeline. We got to get these guys here. I like that it's they mm-hmm. are. It's not just they're trying to make money for some reason. They're making money, but they're also helping some people. I thought was a good setup. Like they get to it real quick. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so I don't. I don't hate the premise at all. Like, I think it's a pretty decent setup. I think having this, like, uh, what's his name? Varney or whatever. Varney. Varney is, like, the bad guy. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was cool having, like, you know, a bad guy is in their group trying to mess everything up. Uh, I I legit did not see that coming. I didn't either. I I thought the issue was going to be... Like once Larry Fishburne died, that he was then going to be like second guessing everything and freaking out and trying to sabotage it. Like we got to go back. Mm-hmm. I didn't see him being an inside guy. Right. It was not. Uh, it wasn't telegraphed. I didn't think. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I, I well, I guess I agree. Like I thought the general setup. I thought them trying to help these people out, but also make some money. That was good. I thought that twist surprised me as well. So I like, I don't hate the structure of this movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we get in there and we get rolling. That's for sure. Yeah. Who has a $50 bail that I was like 50 bucks. It'd be way more expensive. Well, I think she just threw some rocks at somebody, didn't she? Yeah. But also, if it's five hundred bucks, maybe Lawrence Fishburne had four hundred and fifty on him. He just yeah, needed the remaining true. fifty, you know. Mm-hmm. What uh what did you guys think of Lawrence Fishburne? You mean Jim Goldenrod? <laughs> yeah. First first things first, his F three fifty that he shows up in to pick her up. That might be the coolest fucking vehicle, I think, in our podcast history. 
I like that one. I also like the truck that Liam Neeson was in, like his his own truck, the like black. Uh, he might have had like a F two fifty or something. It was another mm-hmm. Ford, but yeah, it was like black and it had that little red pinstripe around it. Yeah, I thought all the trucks in this looked pretty good. <laughs> They're all terrible. Oh um, man. Oh, sorry. There were no Toyotas. Yeah, they can't handle that cold up there, dude. You're out of your yeah. mind if you think those trucks aren't great. If they were to replace these with Toyotas, this movie would have been over in 45 minutes, and then nobody would have died. It would have went smooth, no trouble. Does cranked Toy- up every time? Does Toyota make a big rig? Yeah, you got damn right. It's called a Toyota big rig. Mm-hmm. I Thank think you. Lawrence Fishburne has the the bulk of all of like I wouldn't necessarily call it exposition, but all of the technical explanation. And I think he gets through it like a champ. Like all of the lame sort of I got my crew, I'm putting this together, tactical redundancy, you know. Mm. We ship out in five, all of this sort of stuff. I think he just, he's pretty pretty casual, but natural about it. Mount up. Yeah. It's like, yes, that had to be put in here. Like, And that, uh, when he gets caught up in the chain. I was going to ask could, how you took that one. Uh, uh, well, you know he's going down. I feel like you can't have Liam Neeson and, and he... Like, I feel like I knew, okay, he's going down. I kind of thought with that wrench being in there that he was going to come up in, like, another section, like, beat his way out, and they were going to save him, and then maybe he would, like, have froze to death later on. Right. But I thought he was going to come back up with, like, that wrench. I was like, oh, man. Well, I thought, like, if if you are setting up this, like, technical redundancy, to me it's like if one of the trucks breaks down, just hop in the cab of another one. Like you don't really, you don't have to have all three trucks make it from point A to point B. Yeah. I get that. But I also, I also got Liam Neeson's like, this is so early. Let's at least try to see what is going on. What I did not understand is why was the dude going to look at it and diagnose it, but then also connect to it. I, even on my second watch, I didn't get that. Like, I feel like you would look at it first if it was like, I can't fix it here, or I can't fix it, or we're going to try to pull it, then connect. Mm-hmm. The fact that they decided to connect then, I didn't understand. But, yeah, the the leg break, luckily it wasn't compound, and there really wasn't like a cracking or anything that grossed me out. It just looked like a loose boot. Well, that's what I thought even when I was watching it. Like, just get that damn boot off there. Yeah. But the fact when he, because he, he goes to, he's like, come on, Jim. Like, he's like really talking to himself like, oh, shit, I got to get out of this, which mm-hmm. was real tense. But then when he's finally in the water and he's like, just cut the damn thing. My leg's broken. I was like, dude, your leg is not broken. Your leg is fucked up. Like, <laughs> I can't, I couldn't fathom it. Well, I figured it was so wobbly that he could kind of just squish it on out of there and. Yeah, you'd th- yeah you'd think once it got to that point, but I'm guessing if he's wearing like waiter boots or whatever, filled up with water. Yeah, if it's got his Carhartts all <laughs> locked up, 
Mm-hmm. We do got some good jackets going in this film. Oh, yeah. And some good flannel. Guys, there's a part in this movie where Liam Neeson is like filling up his truck with gas and he gets an emergency alert that ice drivers are needed in Canada. Do you think that alert went to everyone in the United States? I didn't get it. I bet it was maybe like some sort of sign up, like emergency sign up that maybe they have like a truck driver network. But I don't you know. think it's it, like an Amber Alert type yeah, thing? Yeah, it, it showed up like an Amber Alert. Like at least everyone in your state would have gotten the fucking yeah. alert. Might just be like a North Dakota thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess anyone close enough to the Canadian border to get over there might have gotten it. Well, and it seemed like if they're putting out that sort of alert, like why would they give a shit like, and test the people that show up? Because it's so late in the season. They're getting they're not getting the cream of the crop guys that have already left, right? They're yeah, getting all the hang the, the hang around. The ice is supposedly uh not as thick anymore because it's closer to what do you say, April? Yeah. Season closes March tenth and we're already in the last week of April. Again, I think it's that was like pretty good setup stuff like it's not impossible to do this it's just not ideal Mm -hmm. but bones do you want to give a little bit of plot out here i can try i can try to pull from the memory bank didn't really take any plot note all right um you want me to pick up sort of where we left off or just kind of run through the whole thing? I'd say just run run from the top a little. Okay, so there's a diamond mine operation um, north of Canada, or north, north Canada, way above where most people live. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is not involved. No. The diamond mine operation, there's an explosion... Um, which leads to a cave-in. I think there's like 26, 28 guys or something stuck inside. The Canadian government, they scramble to try to put together a rescue operation. Because they're so far north, the equipment that they need that cannot be brought up by like a cargo plane or Chinook helicopter is the only way to get the stuff they need that far is by ice road. Um, Hell yeah. And as... As we just said, the ice road season usually ends in the middle of March. We're now into April. Coincidentally, um, Liam Neeson and his uh, disabled brother have just been fired from their 11th job um, because their brother keeps getting harassed, and Liam Neeson kind of goes a little overboard every time trying to protect him. Um, So they're kind of out on their ass. They get an alert from the government basically looking for drivers. Lawrence Fishburne has been tasked with from like a kid from mining safety, Canadian mining safety to put together a team. Um, And then the remaining person from the team is a um, girl of indigenous descent. I'm not sure what tribe she's from, 
but she's a little bit of a hothead, but a really great driver. Liam Neeson and his brother, they show up, they apply. Liam Neeson's brother just has to do like a quick little mechanics test. The test really is how fast can you turn a socket wrench basically? Yep. And pull this thing out. It's not, it doesn't seem to be that complicated. I, that to me was the, it's the coolest thing and simultaneously the lamest thing of the movie. Like I liked him flipping over his socket wrenches and like getting everything ready and the way he would kind of just drop the wrench into the socket to take it out of the box. But so they have about 30 hours to take three well heads. And I think each truck also has 300 feet of pipe. They've got about 30 hours to get um, from Winnipeg all the way up north. It's basically two stretches of ice road um, and then a very particular or a nasty bridge that they need to cross. They would like to cross a more modern bridge, but unfortunately it's like another 90 kilometers to take that bridge. I did The sorcerer thing didn't even hit my mind until they got to the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I like out loud. I think I said, "Ah, sorcerer." <laughs> um, so we got Liam Neeson, his brother Gertie, uh, Tantu is our hothead, and Lawrence Fishburne, um, Gordon something, Jim, Jim Gordon was, yeah, Jim <laughs> Gordon. Uh, so they they Lawrence Fishburne's plan is tactical redundancy. We're going to take three trucks up three loads all equivalent that way all the, we only need one truck to get there um an insurance guy for the mining company is going to join them um they get through the first night no problem second second morning unfortunately lawrence fishburne's truck seems to have like an overheating issue they stop um we learn right before this that you can't go too fast on an ice road or you'll create a pressure wave. You can't go too slow or the ice can't hold the, the, the pressure from your tires. So because they stop, eventually Lawrence Fishburne's truck starts to collapse into the ice. Um, he's taken down with his own truck. He basically has to sacrifice himself because they've connected all the trucks and the female driver has to basically, um, cut the tow line. So, everybody else is safe. Um, this creates like a massive crack. Liam Neeson's pretty sure it's going to be 2000, 3000 meters, more than a mile. So while the two trucks are still connected, they take off. They have to, I think it's kind of cool because the girl, she's being pulled by Liam Neeson. She's basically saying it's cracking behind me while Liam Neeson's saying, no, we're creating a pressure wave in front. So how the hell, like you got to pick how you want to die. You want to fall into the ice or you want to try to get over the wave? I thought the uh, details <clears throat> on that sort of stuff was pretty good in this film. Like how they would open the doors and ride on the outside just in case they have to jump off and stuff like that. And the bobblehead thing, I thought that was pretty decent. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I, how you poop, right? We're we're sitting here talking about like how you poop in a deli bag. You just you say, dude, I got a running board, right? And you just let yeah. it go. Yeah, throw a leg over and get it done. Yeah. We're also experts in shitting in condoms, apparently. Mm-hmm. I thought the bobblehead thing was funny because 
they explain it after they show it to you. So it's like they're getting ready to leave to go on this ice road run, and you just yeah. see a shot of all three of them putting a bobblehead on their dashboard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Well, that's the moment that all the truckers are like, fuck yeah, man, like they get it. Why yeah. don't... I think only if you've driven on an ice road, though. Because <laughs> when I saw it, I just thought like, your truck comes equipped with a bobblehead. <laughs> it has to be on your dashboard. Kyle's first day, he's like, okay, got my keys, sir. Uh, I'm gassed up. Uh, where's my bobblehead? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck are you talking about, Anderson? No, I think the I think the bobblehead is like you pick your own bobblehead and you just show up to day one of trucking with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you're trucking, they should provide it. No, it no, has to be no, like exclusive to you. No. You yeah. pick your bobblehead. We'll get with the union and we'll see what if we can get it made. Because the uh, the chick Tantu, she has a Custer mm-hmm. bobblehead. So either somebody was being offensive or she picked it ironic. Yeah, I, I think the bobblehead was a great element. The way they introduced it, it's mm-hmm. a cool tie-in with them all. It's a way of saying all three of these people, like sort of know what they're doing. Yeah, I feel it makes you as an audience feel confident. Like okay, cool. Um, so we get back. They're trying to outrun a crack, but they're also creating a pressure wave. Um, because of this, they all they do a thing called get out on your running board. So they open the door and they stand out on the running boards. That way, if they go into the ice, they can jump free of the truck. Liam Neeson realizes that a few meters ahead of them, there's some slush. So there's no like they hop all back in, and it's just gonna. Um, they're going to start slipping and sliding. They're going to lose all their traction. So they end up sliding all crazy. They get in front of the crack, but unfortunately both trucks tip over, which I thought this was a cool thing because I'm like, well, how the fuck do you get out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, this just, gives them... Go ahead. That one, that one bothered me because it was like, where's the fucking oil? Where's the... There's like no cracked windows. I'm like, come on, guys. That's where you spend your CGI money. That's true. There, they should have been a little bit more damage with that. And you'd have to, you can't just flip a car back upright or a truck back upright and just start it. So there could have been a little bit more, like, let the mechanic do some stuff and check everything and make sure we're, we're ready. But with, with I think all of the mechanical th- shit going on in this movie, they could have done a little better on that end. I'm going to kind of forgive them here because I think. What I do like about this sequence is this is the insurance guy coming up to Liam Neeson and saying like, "Hey, I saw the chick fucking setting her fuck up. with fuck yeah," and Liam Neeson kind of confronts her because he's not sure what's going on. They eventually flip the trucks back. Everybody's kind of in disagreement, but they take off. Or they start to take off, and Liam Neeson and his brother are going to check the loads. They both get into the same trailer, and the insurance guy locks them in. And this is where we realize, oh shit, he's our he's Heel. our infiltrator. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he locks them in, um, hijacks the girl, but not before throwing a stick of dynamite with an extremely slow fuse. Uh, a a on- cartoon length of fuse that he has yes. attached to that. Yes. 
That's what I said, Wild E. Coyote, baby. Mm-hmm. So him and the chick take off. Liam Neeson and his brother manage to use a stretch a pipe, knock out a heater in one of the trailers. They can dig out. They no more jump out, fall on the ice. They find the dynamite. Neeson grabs it and throws it. Not far enough, as far as that, I'm concerned. That's what I thought, too. It's like if that much dynamite went off when you were on ice, like you would, yeah. you'd get killed right there. Mm-hmm. The only thing missing was them having like all black on their face and their hair being blown up a little bit. Me, mm-hmm. <laughs> me. Yep. Uh, so there's they're working to get their truck back. Their truck is now stuck in the ice. Um, so while they're working on that, insurance guy, he meets up with the other reveal that one of the corporate owners of or managers of the diamond mine is in on this operation to fuck them up. He uh, he tells insurance guy, take the truck up on this like mountain pass, drive it through the or drive it off the cliff, and we'll just say that you managed to jump out in time, and then we're good. Um, Liam Neeson and his brother are struggling to get the truck loose. They figure out a way to use the winch, and like where the hell did they get? Um, like a hole saw to basically cut a big hole in the ice. Why did they, they use the traction pads that they use at the bridge? I I don't know. They I think they should have just shown them anyway, and then and that have been a problem. Why don't mm-hmm. they make longer traction pads? To get bunched up yeah. in there. Yeah. I don't know, man. You could have made them at least twice the length and not have that problem. Mm-hmm. Why does and why isn't all there a, a sudden... winch also on the front? Yeah, that's In the bridge scene, I was like, man, a winch on the front would be really well, helpful. I said at the bridge, I'm like, all of a sudden, now it starts slipping? Like, the truck does? You've been rolling on fucking ice roads. Well, to be fair, she's got to go up. A little incline. You know, yeah, the bridge goes down and then kind of comes up. All right, so in trying to get their truck free, Liam Neeson's brother ends up going in the ice. They have a little disagreement, and, uh, you know, the whole reason we lose a job is because, you know. Your PTSD. Your your disability and everything. We sort of blew over a whole part where Neeson takes his brother to a VA hospital. Are they Um, brothers? Yeah. I don't get how one of them is... A country boy, and the other one admits to being full-blooded Irish. Yeah, Liam Neeson says, "Like, kiss my Irish, Irish kiss my Irish ass," and his brother is a Iraq war veteran for the United Mm -hmm. States. Yeah, what was wrong with his brother? He just had like PTSD, I think, and yeah. Well, I was going to ask it because in the beginning, when they meet with that doctor, I wrote this down, but. So his brother, like, cannot talk correctly. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. But he's meeting with a doctor, and his brother says, how long to go with him for time over with me? And the doctor looks at Liam Neeson like he cannot comprehend the words. It's like, I picked it up. Yeah. He's he's just asking you how long he has to go with the doctors. (laughs) Like, his... His wording is messed up, but it's not indecipherable either. I took it as the doctor looking at Neeson like, really? You're going to make me deal with this? I mean, maybe. 
but <laughs> I just thought like if you were a doctor working with with veterans, then you should probably you could understand that. Mm-hmm. I understood it. So Neeson and his brother, they have an argument. I think Neeson ends up giving him a backhand or something. Um, he gets pissed off, kind of runs away. He ends up going in the ice. Neeson grabs a rope, jumps in after him. They get him out. It's kind of a tense moment. It's kind of like done in a wide, which is kind of cool. I liked mm-hmm. how they yeah didn't go underwater with that. They just kind of waited. So, But I liked they waited on that shot because the other shots you could see would ice or the water under that ice be that clear yeah i think the water would be clear but you'd have like that's the whole thing with falling in the ice like if you fall in the ice you don't know where to come back up and i just saying like when the camera went under the ice to show like the trucks i'm like it's 30 inches of ice like you're not going to be able to see the fucking trucks i guess it depends on how clean the lake or whatever you're driving over is i mean it is canada they have less uh probably pollution over there than the united states Mm -hmm. in amsterdam i guess we can't give that information out yeah they're (laughs) theirs would be murky as hell dude (laughs) Uh, amsterdam is coming out at a later date (laughs) well i thought so there's a part when he pulls pulls him out of the ice like so whenever they get to that part of it he's got him like back in the bed of the truck mm-hmm. and he's trying to revive him but it looked like in the movie he was just like punching him in the chest well he doesn't turn the fucking heater on like that'd be the first thing i would do like hey bud I, hit the heat for me i just thought if either one of you were dying i would punch you both in the chest well sure naturally so. mine's gonna be a heart attack so yes do that please it doesn't matter what it is. I'll just get a shot in there. <laughs> Dan, yours is probably going to be like a brain embolism. No. From all the farting from your milkshakes. Guys, your, milkshake, your lack brings, of lactate. milkshake brings all the farts to my ass, okay? Where'd you guys leave off? Oh, just uh, him punching not, him in the throat or yeah, punching him in the chest to was, try to get him revived? Yeah, We covered um, Canadian pollution. Mm-hmm. They're probably cleaner up there than us, and then that's about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I was just saying, you know, he pulls him out of the ice, he gets him back into the cab, and then starts just punching him in the chest. <laughs> um, so let's run a little parallel. If we cut to our, our team in the, um, the caved-in mine, we get... Um, I, I know the actor from... I think the actor's from Fight Club. He has been in a shitload of stuff. He's yeah. been in Mindhunter is where I knew him from. Okay. He's in there. He's worked with a ton of fucking... He's, he's been in a ton of shit. But yeah, Solid he's in char- Fight Club. Solid character actor. He's trying to keep morale high inside of the mine. They've done a head count. They've tried to calculate based on the like the amount of volume in the in the mine, what their error amount is going to be. There's a good eight or ten guys that are injured. Mm -hmm. Um, There is some communication with some people up top through some tapping, Morse code. Um, Then there's a little bit of a 
I'll say a mutiny, but there's some disgruntled people within the mine that believe that, you know, not all of us are going to make it. We don't have enough air for 30 people, but if we cut our numbers, maybe some of us can survive. So there's a little bit of philo- philosophical debate. There's some back and forth. It's also revealed that, because uh, he, he was questioning why one of the methane, or methane sensors was turned off while they were digging. Turns out that the company had asked these people to turn off the mine or the methane sensors and continue to mine. They paid them extra. Yeah. A hundred dollars a month. That was it. So if you want to talk about low stakes, doing shit for low stakes. Well, that was kind of, man, when I watched this at the beginning, whenever the, that dude comes in and he's like, why are these methane sensors off? He's like, you got to keep them on. It's like literally when he flips the methane sensor back on is when there's an explosion. I was like, oh, shit, was that hooked up to like a bomb or something? Yeah. Right. Do we really yeah. need this like plot line? Yes. You I, need that because you need to sort of it adds to explain why Lloyd Braun yeah, is working so. to, to, to hide it. I mean, I don't think we needed like the vote to and all that shit. I liked it. I think I think it was just in a there was a weird enough of time. I think you could have cut a little bit of it and still you as the audience got that story or I think you could have added a little bit more and brought the tension and and made a little bit more story to that. I think it also turns out that one of the guys in the mine is Tantoon's brother. Yeah, that's so that's right. that's one of the reasons she's trying to get up there. Cody. Well, I think cutting back and forth, like cutting to the miners, at least gives you some familiarity with them. So whenever you get to the ending, it's higher stakes, you know, for them to come out or not to come out. Yeah, for sure. Because if it just is the like, if that's only the setup, and then you're just following the truck drivers the whole time, you wouldn't really. It wouldn't you wouldn't care one way or the other really if they come out or not. Yeah, it's sort of like the Dark Knight. By the time you get to the whole part with the two boats, you know you can blow each other or you know the other one up, or I'll blow you both up. You can blow like, each other. Yeah, you can so, Lincoln Park each other by if side? you want. Yeah, you two guys blow each other, and we'll figure <laughs> out what to do with these boats. But by the time you get to that, you're already like two hours into the movie, you know, and mm-hmm. then they still sort of go into each boat and there's these little mini stories. Mm-hmm. Did you send you know, that email that. to Kyle? What email? The email that you sent me. Jack's love. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I th- okay. Yeah. I saw the whole comic series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I That's, saying that one. Uh, yeah. The listener, Larry, they'll, um, Maybe they can discern that from listening to uh, what detective number two. I won't tell you what that episode is. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah. Th- this joke will only make sense like two weeks from In now the future, when you listen yeah. to by the jury. We're yeah. that good. Oh, Kyle <laughs> just let it out. Oh yeah, Kyle. I guess I did say the name of it. Yeah, fifty-one, fifty-five. Got that. Yeah, it's class. too hard to manage these timelines, dude. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Two-day rentals really fucks us all up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, um, Liam Neeson and his brother end up catching 
um, they they get to uh, insurance guy before he's able to uh, kill our lady badass. They break that up. This so there's some generic action sequences here where uh, insurance insurance guy is leading some just generic dudes in black with snowmobiles. Um, you know it's it was done better in Raiders of the Lost Ark and Mad Max too. It's pretty hard to beat those like in cab, you know, big rig fighting sequences. I think Black Dog gets kind of close. I think there's some cool shit with Swayze on the side of his his mean machine. Um, while they're trying to uh, get our lady badass, get her truck ready so they can get out of there, um, insurance salesman, he slips up to the top of the mountain behind them and creates an avalanche. Um and well, I they like sh- Liam. They just show you one that he puts into the snow, but it's like eight that go off. Oh, yeah. I was like, God mm-hmm. damn. I was kind of bummed that it wasn't more of his cartoony dynamite. Right? Yeah. This seemed, this seemed to be like legit. Because I think, don't they have, like they'll do controlled avalanches in some places, right? To maintain shit. Just so. to prevent it, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they see this, and Liam Neeson smartly says, well, we can't stay here. Um, so they basically have to try to outrun it. Of um, course. Yeah. So they they just make just make it. But unfortunately, um, the lady gets hit with a tree that comes through the windshield, ends up hitting like a spot in her chest, mm-hmm. which, by the way, you just cut the limb. You don't pull it out. You that's, don't know how deep it is. That's you what just, I was going to ask. Like, should yeah. they pull this branch out? Because that might just be stopping blood flow by being jammed yes. in there. Yes. So you can cut it to make it manageable for her to move around, but you don't just rip something out like that. Because <laughs> then you'll just bleed to death and it'll be a worse yeah. way to go. Yeah. Um, or if it's barbed, you know, like... An, an arrow, you know, you a lot of times... Might do more if, damage. Yeah, a lot of times they'll actually pull the arrow all the way through versus trying to pull it back out. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, then at this point, you realize, like, oh, they're up on a mountain. They were only on an ice road for a little bit. And then they make a turn, and they're back on another ice road, mm-hmm. which I was pretty grateful. It's an um, ice road, and then a perilous bridge, and then another ice road. <laughs> Yeah. So they're down to one truck and one trailer. Um, they take off. They're on the ice road. And then insurance guy shows up in the the leftover truck from earlier. He starts smashing into them. Um, what we didn't talk about was Lady Badass. She brought a pistol with her. She's always armed. Um, Liam Neeson says, give me that shit. And... <laughs> jumps onto the other truck basically these guys have a little fight they both get knocked out of the truck the truck is still in drive so continues to just roll forward and Liam Neeson and this guy are fighting each other on ice and it's almost like a it was reminding me of Wolf of Wall Street like because they have no grip obviously like they can't stand upright so they're not really laying any haymakers they're kind of just rolling around Mm -hmm. I think they tripped 
I think they tripped each other like nine times. Yeah. So they're just trying to be the first one to get back to the truck. Um, our trailer finally makes it to the bridge. Gertie is a little nervous to take the bridge. Um, Tansu, she's done it a thousand times. So even though she's hurt, she's like, I'll do it. You get some real tension right here with her trying to cross this bridge. It's only rated for 75,000 pounds. So they're pushing the weight limit here. They get like three quarters of the way past the bridge. And then like Dan mentions, they lose all traction. Gertie gets out with some traction pads. It's pretty tense. They finally get the truck out. But unfortunately, the truck starts to roll back. Um, Gertie starts to close the gates to keep the truck from rolling all the way off of the bridge, which is now fucking gone. Gertie manages to get the gate locked just as the truck trailer pinches him up against the gate. And, oh, man, we lose Gertie. I mean, would that gate even hold the semi? (laughs) I think it would. I think it would. Yeah. I think Gertie was holding back the truck. R.I.P. Yeah. Shit. He's got that um, veteran strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I um, Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson uh, shows up. They've got a little heartfelt goodbye. She's like, he saved us. You know, he saved this whole thing. She... Also, at this point, just drives the truck far up enough to, like, I was thinking, like, drive it the hell up there. Like, it could just roll back again, and then yeah, and everyone's crushed. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I say Liam Neeson shows up, but he shows up because he, uh, he jams something, and so right as the dude gets into the truck, it just basically takes off and drives right into, like, a fucking crack and, like, a puddle. Finally, this guy's gone. Insurance so, guys, they're the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, it would have taken him a little bit to run from there up to the other side of the bridge, but he manages to get up there. Um, so there you have it. Um, Liam Neeson takes over the truck. He ends up making it to the, the mine right as like all of our miners are basically passing out from asphyxiation. He ends up saving the day and the like the ministry, like the Canadian ministry emergency service petrol guy or whatever mining operation guy shows up right as they rescue all of the uh, the miners. But then somebody points out, hey, this was the fucking guy that like he had him turn off the sensors and shit, you know, and he gets knocked out for it. Yep. Which Liam Neeson has nothing to do with. <laughs> like, what? All right, we just need Liam Neeson to punch him. I think he's just a a man of the common people, you know? Yeah. He's I would have much rather, like, the the guy down in the mine hit him. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who was, like, so calm the whole time. Yep. Like, I think if he lost his cool right there, then you could have had Liam Neeson and the girl kind of look at each other like, okay, like we've had it rough. This guy had it rough too. We cut to three months later. So the reward for this whole thing for this job was basically $200,000 split four ways between a crew. So whoever survived gets the remainder. So 
Our our lady badass and Liam Neeson get to split two hundred thousand dollars. Liam Neeson buys himself a nice golden yellow Kenworth that he was dreaming about. Our lady's running; she's taking over for uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Trappers at Trappers, and uh, we find out that Liam Neeson named his truck what his brother would have named it: truck, 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 truck. truck. My thing is, wouldn't this company offer them jobs? That would be me going into this. Like, all right, Liam Neeson, you want to work here? What, you mean after he saved the day? Yeah. Yeah, but his whole dream was that he didn't want a boss. He wanted his own He wanted his own rig. Maybe he's over the ice road anyway at this point. Yeah. Fuck and, that. I wouldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Can anybody answer what the fuck they delivered to this place, got the miners out? A bulkhead? A wellhead? Bulk, yeah, wellhead bulkhead. Yeah. Is it like a drill, I guess? I think it's something that'll like suck the methane out of wherever they are. You would think that this company would have one of those on hand just in case of an emergency, right? Well, that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, but it also could have blown up. This but yeah, I agree fun. with you. I, I agree. That's something that they should have had up there, but. It sounds like they were cutting corners wherever they could, though. So Yeah. Paying 100 bucks a month to turn off methane alarms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I also, believe Kyle, Kyle was right that it it's a tool with which they can basically control and bleed off that methane pocket. Okay, so, so then, then they, they could, can go in and... Then they could blast to make a hole to where the guys are. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they just fucking blow up the mountain. Yeah. They'd torch everyone in there if they blow it up with all that yeah. methane. Uh, all this shit for diamonds, dude. It's 2021. Have we realized that nobody needs to be a fucking minor anymore? Besides all you people under 18. Well, I was going to say, at no point did we mention the hero of this movie, which is Skeeter, a rat. I was waiting for you to, was waiting for you to bring it up. Well, That's I'm bringing your, it up now. Our, our rat expert. Uh, Gertie has a rat named Skeeter who <laughs> is riding up front in the rig with them. And there's a very important scene where Varney is like, what the hell is that noise? Basically pulls the bag out. Skeeter bites him, single-handedly saving the, the rest of the film. Yep. That's what allows uh, Tantu to get the drop on him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she gives it back and says, here, this guy saved my life. Give him yeah. a snack. Mm-hmm. She get a lot more than a... He should get Canada's gold star for this. I mean... I mean, my note was, and now there's a pet rat, a rat, WTF. <laughs> yeah, he should get three Jerry coins. Yeah, absolutely. I think Skeeter is, or not Skeeter, I think Gertie is almost a blend of like Lenny from Mice and Men and Rain Man. <laughs> he has like a weird pet animal and then he, you get a socket wrench in that guy's hand though and he's... Good he's to go. going to he's going to yeah. town, dude. Or a a snowmobile or a snowmobile helmet because he ends up waylaying that one dude. Yeah, yeah, he goes full super soldier at the end of this thing. <laughs> yeah, decimates a guy. Um, 
yeah, I think the really the the last note thing that I have written here was um, we didn't really talk about what happened. I liked that the the twist came early when it did. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was they didn't draw it out further than it needed to be. I feel like most movies it would have drug out a little bit, a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I liked being able to kind of get that out of the way. Um. Some of the dialogue, I thought, it's sort of a bummer when you're trying to explain all of this technical stuff. Um, it'd be interesting to see if you could have gotten away without that 100% of all that technical stuff if you eased up a little bit um, and got a little bit less stilted dialogue. But I think it's pretty effective in terms of storytelling and structure. Um, I don't think there's any real lull in it. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I feel like once it it takes off, it it moves pretty good. Yeah, I didn't hate the pacing. I mean, I thought this movie, like, plot-wise was pretty good and everything. It kind of, you know, you get a feel for the characters. I do like that they jump back to the guys in the mine, and I think once you're kind of into the action, you're good to go, you know? It kind of, it never drags. I think maybe the only thing that I thought drug a little was just the the fight between Liam Neeson and Varney like how much they like get to the truck one guy gets pulled out and it's like all right already like let's get on with it but uh that was the only scene where I thought the action was just kind of like spinning in a circle so I liked um all the issues that they had they you watched him deal with that issue. Like, oh, there, when it falls in, when his brother goes in, like, you watched him do that. The, the bridge, you watched him through that situation. It just didn't cut it to, like, all right. So I thought that was, I thought that was really nice. Like, situational. They dealt with the details. Yeah. Here are two more notes I had. I thought it was funny when. Uh, Liam Neeson says we're going to Winnipeg and his brother calls it Winnipeg. <laughs> and I also thought when they cut back to the dudes in the mine, it, the only thing that was weird to me was they all had their headlamps on. It's like, why not? Why wouldn't you conserve light the same way you're talking about conserving oxygen? Morale. Yeah, but maybe have half the guys turn their headlamps <laughs> off so you could kick them on later whenever you, the first the first group runs out. I mean, why haven't they sleep? That's what I would have done. That would seem like the best way to conserve oxygen, right? Like you just like everyone move as little as possible. Yeah. I did like whenever her brother gets out of the mine and he's like, you're a hero. And she's like, I had help. And then he like hugs Liam Neeson. He's like, he's never fucking met. Like, he doesn't know the whole story yet. Like, you would you would hug Liam Neeson if you got out of a, a mine after thirty hours. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I thought those wolves killed you. You'd want that that big lumbering man to keep you a little warm. Oh, also in the mine for thirty hours. Why no discussion of a poop corner? Yeah. There's some real be, logistics that need to be worked out. Yeah. Right. Guys, where were we? 
I had a milkshake last night. Here's here's the poop zone, and everyone try to sleep for thirty straight hours. Turn off can your you headlamps. F- yeah, I can I can barely drive anymore for half an hour without like needing to slap my face. Piss. Yeah, like I cannot fathom them planning like, oh, we're gonna be driving twenty eight hours on ice. It's a fucking mystery to me that I come into this room to do a podcast at 8.30 and I leave at 12.30. I'm like, how the, f- how the fuck did that happen? Just having fun with my bros. Yeah. Peek and, driving a tr- and driving a truck is only slightly less boring than... Yeah. <laughs> Podcasting is way harder than driving trucks. You get to talk on the radio, though. That gives it a little bit of excitement. Yeah. Just kind of like podcasting. Should we become yeah. truckers? Don't they all just listen to like Howard Stern? No, isn't it's, that it's isn't all, that it's Fox News, bro? They probably got serious in those things. Yeah. Well, they better be serious. What, I thought that was what kept serious wondering. alive. Probably. I know I'm not keeping them alive because you're too goddamn expensive, serious. Well, when you got dudes like us providing quality free entertainment. <laughs> For now. Yeah. Ad free, yeah. no paywall. Mm-hmm. You guys better get it on the ground floor of five day rentals. You better get our. F- Go ahead. I was going to say, you better get our first 500 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the day Domino shows up with a little money for us. Patreon, baby. Domino's and Tubi. Yeah. And Miller Lite. We've done more for Domino and Tubi than... And we need Howler to send us free clothes, so we don't have to buy clothes anymore. Because I wear a Howler hat every week, so... Yeah. That's that's good for an audio-only medium, Dan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll start live streaming once, you know... Everybody wants the videos now. Well, uh, speaking of being in a room for uh, a little bit, can we take a a pee break and refresh our drinks and we'll come back and uh, write our letterboxes? Yeah, man. All right. See you on the other side. Hey, Joss, handsome bad boy Kyle here, telling you to make sure you check out Five Day Rentals on Spotify, on Letterboxd, wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, Also, you can email us at fivedayrentals at gmail.com. So drop us a line. Podcast, Five Day Rentals podcast at gmail.com. Five Day Rental podcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Tell us that... You agree that I'm the most handsome. I love you. All right. That felt like a 30-hour pee. I don't know about you guys. (laughs) I had a good one. Yeah. 
I think this is going to be an interesting game. Um, I, I I knew going in it, you guys are going to be like, Bones fucking loves this. <laughs> I just so, say that halfway but, through. I think but Bones does. does fucking love this. <laughs> I th- he does. I think it was a good fucking movie, man. <laughs> this you got to have movies like this. Yes, sure. you got to have... You, you got to have these. Um, but I I cannot tell if you guys like it more than I thought you would. Um, so, seeing as I presented this as a two-day rentals, I'm going to ask to go last and see if one of you guys will kick us off for our weekly game of Rate My Letterboxd. All right. I'll go first for this two-day rental special of The Ice Road. I am going Cron 2.0. I'm going Bones 3.0. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Dan 2.5... Bones, 3.5. I'm going to go, I'm going to give you both a 2.5. Dan, what's your score? I will expose myself, gentlemen. I gave this a 2.0. Damn it. I mean, we, we went through some tropey stuff, but I mean, but in the end, it, it kind of brings itself back around. Um, as a viewer of this film, I don't believe that Morpheus would live in Canada, but... You know, it's just my personal opinion. But like I said, I liked some of the work like they did with, like you watch them go through the situation. I mean, the stuff with his brother, I mean, we could have, I think, I think maybe you could have just had like a regular character, you know, but some of that stuff, it seemed like he added, he just kept kind of throwing things at it. So... But other than that, it's it's a it's a decent flick. I mean, I wasn't bored, so I'm going two point uh, I'm gonna go with a two point five. I think that this is, uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard. I think this movie was entertaining. I just I really couldn't ever picture watching this again, which is why I'm going with a two point five. Like. I think this was fine for a one-time viewing, but I just don't know if I'd give it any more than that. I felt like I got it. I saw it. It was fine for what it was. And that's that. That's Ice Road. <laughs> Dan, I think you're I think you're a point 0.5 off just too hard on this movie. I think I think it's a solid three. I think for being a Netflix movie, for being a later in the game, 
uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Liam Neeson movie, you kind of go into this thinking, eh, it's just going to suck. And I think it's it's much better than that. I think some of the cine- cinematography is off, but at least they get shots and they go out to places. It doesn't feel cheap. I wish they would have spent a little bit more money, and I wish they wouldn't have done some CG in places, but mm-hmm. it did feel like this felt like a movie that some that these people were into. This didn't feel like a cash grab or a straight to DVD type thing. Um, yeah, and they really fucked up by not releasing this two weeks ago. Like you said, this would have been an ideal fucking throw this on, watch with dad. Well, I wonder uh, if maybe the pandemic is to blame for maybe some of the CGI. Cause it's possible. Cause this yeah. was filmed in February of 2020. So I think Kyle, that gives you one point total. Yep. And I have Dan and myself at 1.5. Do you confirm that? I think that's right. Okay. So Dan, you're coming back in these last few rounds. You know, I need to get serious. Do we want to learn a user letterboxed here as a 2.5 for this movie? Okay. So then, as of as of right now, could have gone up, could have went down. And we'll let our accountant. Doing it right now. I think a 2.5 is fair. I'm putting, I mean, my, I think so. ex, my extra five is. It's like a good job, man. Like you, you, you're basically telling sort of a a blase story. I don't like this as much as Black Dog, but I love these sort of rundown loser dudes need something. You just stick to a simple structure. This isn't a franchise movie. This isn't a movie that's up its own ass. You know. All right. So I've punched it in. Uh, Basically, with our average scores, we would be rating this movie at a 2.5. That would be tied right now with full contact. So that leaves us all with a decision. We should just make it quickly. Dan? I, oh, Bones. Oh, I was ice road. I don't have to think about it. Going full contact. I think I'm also going to go with full contact on this. Boom. I will say like yeah, 15. full contact has more character. Yeah. Full full contact is is this is a much lamer overall movie, but I think in execution this one's better. Sorry. What were you saying? I would say probably 20 minutes in I was like this is going to be terrible. As I said, I seen the pet rat and all that stuff. I was like, <laughs> uh, I think that's what's giving it an extra point five, Dan. <laughs> well, like I said it does come back in the end. I was like, all right, all right. Without revealing, have you guys um, watched our next assignment? Not yet. Not yet. I plan to okay. sometime this week, probably tomorrow. Okay. okay. Tuesday. Have you? Yeah. And I'll watch it again later for notes. I watched it last night. 
just wanted to see if you managed to squeeze in these two movies. So I did our next assignment, and I watched Ice Road twice. Karani, you've been working on categories? I've got mine ready to go. You just better hope we don't land on medieval. I yeah, still motherfuckers, gotta... you hope we don't land on medieval because you'd be watching Black Knight with Martin Lawrence. It's whatever you want to do, Dan. <laughs> what was that... Uh... Paul Walker movie that Richard Donner did timeline. Oh man. Yeah. Whew. That's a deep dig right there. That's, that's, that's that category of like that, that was a movie and it came out in the two thousands. Yeah. Wasn't it like early two thousands? I think maybe. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know that movie at all. Kyle, can I I know you said it 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 was tied. Well, now it's below um full contact, but what number is that on its Uh so full contact would now be number 13, Ice Road would be number 14, and Convoy would be number 15. Wow. But this Yeah, I don't even need to say this out loud. The score proves it. This is much better than Army of the Dead. Right. Yeah, Army of the Dead is number seventeen, so okay, it is three spots above. Although I think Dan gave Army of the Dead a two point five. I did. Yeah, yeah, Dan, you guys both gave Army of the Dead two point five. I, I gave it a two point five. There's stuff about it I still liked, but I gave it a one point five. I think Ice Road is much better than Army wow. of the Dead. It depends on the moment. Timeline was 2003. That's why we have a review show. Yep. And you never know. I might say, I was too harsh on the ice road. (laughs) Might warm my cockles up and give it a point. You never know. Stay tuned. Well, I can't wait for another big rig themed movie to come out oh man they're too few and far between yeah any any excuse to chat with my bros especially Uh, outside of our normally uh court ordered time (laughs) i was bummed out there were no pee bottles or poop bags in this film or titties probably a director's cut would have had that kind of thing you need a real specifics type director mm-hmm. you know to handle that maybe mm-hmm. like uh maybe a fincher maybe fincher would go into that detail we're going full shit bag on this film get ready boys i want him michael hunched mann. over michael mann would absolutely explain the piss and shit bottles i don't i think he'd be too glossy for a for a guy pooping into a bag. Oh, it would look cool as hell, <laughs> but he would make sure that you knew how it worked. 
He'd go through the mechanics of it. I don't know if he'd actually show you a guy shitting into a old deli bag. I mean, how do we feel about Netflix and what they're doing with this movie? Because it's not even... It's on the new releases, but you got to flip a little bit to find yeah, it. Yeah, it... Well, I think I looked this morning and it is in the top 10. Oh, is it now? Yeah. It is, it is when I watched it today. But even when I went to watch it Friday night, because I was like, Sam, we got a big rig movie. Pops we and got popcorn. a long weekend, baby. It, it was, it was, this was a Friday night movie for us. She was like into it. Um, but yeah, even Friday when it came out, you'd think, I mean, I don't know what it, your algorithm, if it's based off that, but you'd think it'd be the, the hot shit for Friday and it I wasn't. Think it'd I had be to, I had to the look first it up. one that, yeah, that started playing the preview and everything. Yeah. Well, but. Francis did see me watching this and she was like, what are you watching? And I was like, oh, it's for the podcast. She was like, oh, this is like a new movie. And I was like, yeah, it's not the normal stuff we watch. It's a two day. And I was like, it's this movie called ice road. And then she was just like, I don't want to watch this and left. <laughs> What is your, uh, specifically Francis, like what is her take on this whole endeavor? Is she supportive? Yeah. Or she, is she like, why would you do that? No, she's very supportive, but she is she is always just like, you should watch a good movie. <laughs> like, that's not what this is. <laughs> we don't have good movie, bad movie in, in our house. It's Is it a Sam movie? Mm-hmm. Like, does it qualify as a movie that she would be into? And there's been a few for the pod. I think she really enjoyed Twice Dead. She got a trip watching Twice Dead. And then she actually really enjoyed Amsterdam. I think the only one that Francis sat through the entire thing was Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. And that's because it just had songs, I think, throughout that could keep it entertaining for her. And I, th- I think I talked about it in that episode that Sam left like 20 minutes in. Like, this is creeping me out. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, it's a musical. Yeah, she'd be into it. I mean, if I look at the list right now, Frances might have been okay with Rad. Like, if she had stuck around mm-hmm. for it. But I can't imagine her watching many of these and, you know, like, sticking through with them. Right. But she is supportive of me doing this, so. <laughs> I think her frustration is just like, you could talk about good movies. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know what, babe? I think I am. <laughs> Rachel always says, I've seen some very interesting films since, or she calls them movies, but uh, since you've started this. There's been some breathtaking cinema, Dan. I didn't say that. <laughs> she watched Savage Streets. Um, wow. Yeah, she always watches the, like, I think she sat through Slumber Party Massacre. Because it, well, she went to bed, like, right before the ending. And then the Does she find morning, me a fucking sexual psycho? <laughs> like, uh, She doesn't know who picks them. I'm just okay. like, watching it for the podcast. But the next morning, she was like, what happened at the end of that movie? So uh, I filled her in. Yeah, you did. 
Yeah. I love you. I, I love you. you. Well, dudes, by the time they hear this, what will be the next episode? Is it that's a new... Co- that's coming out? Amsterdam? Yeah. Will Amsterdam be next? Well, right now, goddammit, you better go listen to uh, Phantom of the Paradise, which just dropped yesterday. And if you're caught up on that, yes, our next film will be coming out. The first one for the detective category, Amsterdam, 1988. Yeah, buddy. And then you'll have this episode to keep you afloat, to keep you on that ice road going, all the way into our second pick. Mm-hmm. We already said it. It's either jury. <laughs> Damn it, Kyle. We already said it earlier. Spoiler. 132. Cut that. <laughs> I ain't cutting shit. Well, dudes, I mean, if thanks they for do... skipping church to uh, hang out with me. <laughs> if they do pay attention to our letterboxed HQ diary, they can see what's coming up. They just don't know what, what the category would be. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we would have said the category at the end of the last up or the yeah. end of the last yeah. one at I the end you. of Phantom. They already know. I, there's only five of you anyway. What's it matter? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? We got fifty six followers on Letterboxd. There's only Joss, but, Jaws, John, <laughs> Josh, Josh, and Larry. <laughs> I do have a. Oh, it's an off mic conversation. <laughs> well, some everybody. outreach. Yeah, get us out of here, Dan. That was two day rentals. We covered the ice road from 2021, directed by Jonathan Hinsley. Go check it out. It's on Netflix right now, starring a uh, a guy who starred in a shit ton of movies, Liam Neeson, and also starring Skeeter the Rat. It's, it's got some rat stuff. It's got some big rigs. And, it's right up around. Braun. Yeah. Serenity now. And there's a dude from Fight Club in it. So fucking can't lose. You bro head. So check us out. That's two day rental special. And check out the other episodes. And as always, crash and burn. Crash I and burn. I love you. Kill fucking iceberg. You're as cold as ice, willing to sacrifice our love.